Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profile and Projection. And today, we finish it off. We did 18 of these an episode every weekday for the last six weeks, and we are finishing it off with the New York Giants starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, at six foot five, 221 pounds. He's 25 years old. He's a former sixth overall pick, heading into his final year of his rookie uh, final year of his rookie deal after the Giants declined his option. Last year started good for Daniel Jones on a personal level. For personal level, first four games were legit, and people were taking notice. Then got hurt versus Dallas, a bad game versus the Rams, and then bounced back to solid solid performances the next three weeks without Andrew Thomas. Then the train wreck in Tampa. Jason Garrett gets fired, and then he gets injured on the second play with Freddie Kitchens. Justin, we'll talk about his numbers and metrics, but I don't think that'll be a good indicator because this offense is a polar opposite of the last two seasons. And that means the good stats like the interceptions and turnovers being down and the bad ones like the touchdowns being way down. So there's a lot to talk about with Daniel Jones, and we're going to get improvement from him this year, but it's going to have to be a lot, a lot of improvement for him to save his job going into 2023. It's a matter of how much, right? How much improvement are we going to get? And my first note that I have on my document as well, you know, you know me, I'm Justin Stats, I'm Justin Analytics. You can break down all the numbers you want on Daniel Jones through the first three years of his career. But for this year, I think it, it almost doesn't even matter. Like I, I am throwing it out of the window. Uh, and for me, it's can Daniel Jones lead an offense that scores points Produces explosive plays at least at an average rate. Can you stay healthy and win some freaking games? He can do all of that this year, Bobby. And we can still sit here at the end of the year saying that I don't think he should be here next year. He may not be here next year. And I'm leaning towards right now that Daniel Jones is not the starting quarterback of the Giants in 2023. Yeah, I, I don't think he will be either. You know, I uh, was going to talk about that towards the end uh of kind of reasons why but I, I don't think he will be either you know for him to do that it's just he's got to be awesome you know like those first four games the way we felt about him after those four games that's how we have to feel about him after the season you know not from a stretch of play like he's got to be consistent um and he's just been an up and down player in his career um even even in the rookie year there was there was some uh really down moments in there but um that being said the offense it's going to be better and yes. the off the yes. offense is going to create a lot of easy throws with simple progressions, RPOs, and other plays that allow playmakers to get open uh, in space. But the question is, can DJ perform when there is pressure, when the looks are complicated and, and make tight window throws? Besides the beautiful deep passes that he does, we know he's a great deep ball thrower, uh, like great at it. And it's not simple. It's not simply just well, he doesn't throw a lot because it's not like he was throwing the guys that were wide open. They were almost all contested the past couple of years, and he was really good at it. And that was without the back shoulder as his friend. Like, I think the back shoulder could be his best friend this year. So it's just, you know, the the last two years, they took aggress- uh, his, his aggression away from him. How do we get the aggression back but find a happy middle ground? That's going to be the decider on Daniel yeah. Jones because we know he can make the throws. And we know he can protect the ball at, uh, the, over the past couple of years, but you got to find the middle ground where you're not being reckless, but you got to hang in there and make throws. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think context is important when you're talking about Daniel Jones too. Um, and at this point in year four, when your fifth year option has declined, these aren't excuses because time's out, like time's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's either you win this year with the Giants 
or you're talking about you know the, there possibly not being a future with the Giants. But context does matter when you're describing you know when you're talking about Daniel Jones. You already mentioned taking the aggression out of Daniel Jones's game that he had in 2019. They stripped that. Judge and Garrett stripped that um, the last two years. One of the worst offenses in the league in terms of helping him with yards after the catch. I mean that probably was probably the worst. I mean it was flat, it, it was the worst scheme in the NFL. Like yeah. you, you talk to people around the league, and it was the worst scheme in the league. Like people couldn't believe that it was being run. You know, like 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 I said, pl- everyone it was it was consensus. Yeah. You know, usually that doesn't happen. People are very reactionary. They don't maybe don't watch. It was consensus around the league yeah. that Jason Garrett ran the worst offense offensive scheme in the NFL. And it, it doesn't to- end there though. I mean, it doesn't end there. I mean, you also had a front office that was not in sync with the coaching staff. I mean, that was just. Case in point with Matt Parrott versus Nate Solder. Um, you know, that's just one example. Um, talk about the offensive line. I'm a bottom of the barrel offensive line since he's kind of came into the National Football League. Um, all that, you know, has been going against Daniel Jones. Like I said, does it matter at this point? Kind of not really because you're on the last year of your deal, but it does matter when you're just talking about why Daniel Jones hasn't been it for the New York Giants. It matters. Yeah. Like there is like valid excuses for Daniel Jones, but again, you mentioned expired contracts expiring they don't matter um you know and like i said the last offense was the worst scheme in the nfl it was totally predicated on pre-snap pick a side uh and then you read one player and pull the trigger get the ball out quick like there are very like people talk about daniel jones with uh his progressions and i'm not going to sit here and be like oh this guy is amazing at going through progressions but there weren't really progressions in the last offense there was very few very few plays that are pure progressions where it's like one two three four they were very much like i said Hey, the Mike linebacker is shaded to the right. The safety is deep to the left. We're going to pick to the left. We're going to read this one player. If it's man coverage, we're throwing to the flat. If it's zone, we're throwing it to the stick. Like, those were a lot of what you got. And if cornerbacks played off, we're not going to test them vertical. We're going to try and run uh, curls and stop routes on it. You know, so the offense is going to put more on his plate, though. You know, so hopefully, the you know, you don't want the turnovers to come back with that. Um, but that does mean more to eat, you know. And something I've... When we talk about Daniel Jones' raw stats, like obviously we all remember the rookie year, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, you know. Uh, and you could say like, well, the touchdowns came bunched up and and uh, people are like, well, the, a lot of the touchdowns came against some bad teams. Well, one, he scored a touchdown in every single game that year too. You know, like every single game he scored a touchdown. You know, that's, that's not like super, that's kind of rare for uh, a rookie QB. And the... The interceptions kind of, you know, the fumbles were there, but the interceptions came bunched up in end games. Like it was three versus New England, where you remember how John Hilleman, you know, uh, missing Shep. I mean, it was yep. just a totally banged up offense. And then three versus the Packers, which two were after he sprained his ankle so bad that he missed two games. And yep. you go back and watch him, like, man, that was kind of a gutty performance. Some of the throws he made in that game in the snow. Uh, like his best drive of his rookie year was was in that game. Um, so, and again, that's what we've said. You know, we want to get back to that mindset for Daniel Jones is the rookie mindset. You know, say, well, they played bad teams. Well, guess what? We had the worst tackle duo in the NFL and Nate Solder and Mike Rimmers. Our wide receivers were Darius Slayton and Gold- Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. And Sterling Shepard missed a ton of games. Golden Tate missed, uh, uh, you know, a handful of games that year. 
So it was like, it was bad around him. And I think Brian Dable's scheme is better than Pat Shermer's scheme, even though I like Pat Shermer. But again, back to the stats. 24 and 12 his rookie year, 11 and 10 his sophomore year. Then last year, 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions. 10 touchdowns and six interceptions. I'm not counting Hail Mary interceptions. Um, good for you. So the, uh, you know, people are like, well, the touchdown numbers, the touchdown numbers, and they're horrible. Like, his touchdown percent rate is horrible. His but EPA something- per play last year was the best of his entire career, which if you like the advanced stuff, and I'm a guy that likes to subscribe to EPA rather than just looking at touchdown to interception ratio, his EPA per play was the best of his career last year. Still not good, but it was the best of his career. Right, but touchdowns matter at the end of the day. Like, you know, they can fluctuate, yes. but you shouldn't have 10 and 11 in back-to-back seasons. And something I did last year is I challenged people, find me the missing touchdowns. Find me the play where it's like, this would be a touchdown if Daniel Jones does this. And they just weren't there. You know, there was like, there was one versus Tampa with Kenny Galladay, and there was, uh, um, uh, maybe one versus the Panthers with Evan Ingram, but even then it could have been a strip sack because Matt Parrott got beat at left tackle. So, um, but at the same time, like I said, there's going to be, there's those things, plays are going to be there, but it's on Daniel Jones to pull the trigger on those and pull it often. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say something that is very no shit Sherlock, but I have a question to you and I think it's going to make sense. What is going to limit Daniel Jones in this offense, Bobby, is that he is not Josh Allen. That is a shocker of a statement, I know. But what I mean by that, the arm angles, the arm strength, the ability to extend and improvise plays, Jones just doesn't have that. I mean, the QB rating goes down, like when you're talking about it, when he holds onto the ball for 3.1 seconds or longer, it goes down. Like I like Jones' mobility in general, his ability to run the ball, we're going to talk about that. But he doesn't have that Russ, Rogers, Allen, Mahomes, you know, improvisation. We know that by now, That's right? the biggest So people- No, but let me, let me okay. finish this. So I've seen a lot of what you guys have done with cover one guys. I mean, just watching Josh Allen make these jaw-dropping throws, it's insane stuff. It's insane concepts that are deep down the field. It's tight window throws, crossing routes. You're going across your body. You're standing on one side of the field, and you're kind of throwing to the other side. And it's just one of these things of, you know, I think Dable and Kafka, they're going to tailor the offense to the skill set of the quarterback. I trust that they're going to do that. But how limited is the offense going to be with Jones at the helm? So the diff- but the biggest difference is the impro- uh, improvising between Josh Allen and Daniel. Like Josh Allen, yeah. just the way he improvises is un- is insane. Like you watch and it's like, I can't believe he does this stuff. That's outside the playbook stuff. That's backyard uh, football stuff. You know what I mean? And... I know people are going to hate this when I say this, but where he can make pick up the slack, be better with the timing. Joe Allen, while has amazing throws, still has some bad misses too. You know, there's times where there it, it's it's not as often as it was the first couple of years, but there is times where you see like, ooh, there was an open guy that he missed, and I think that's Daniel Jones' greatest strength is just overall accuracy. Like it's very rare when Daniel Jones yep. is just flat out missing guys. So it's yeah. that and the timing. But at the same time, when we have this conversation. He's not Josh Allen, and he's like for him to even be anywhere close to Josh Allen would be wild. Like it's it's not going to happen. Like we have to be real. Like it's no, that's it's not, not going to happen. But I was saying like how limited from what Dable. Let's even bring Kafka into the mix here too. I'm excited about Kafka because I I liked Kansas City's intermediate concepts, right? Of you know the quick game, screen game, getting the ball out quick, getting the ball to your skill position players. That's where I think like when Kafka comes in. But the the overall question is, is I know he's not Josh Allen, but how limited 
is Brian Dable from what he called in Buffalo to now coming over with Daniel Jones and the Giants. How limited is he? What What's on the menu? You talked about the menu. That's where your video with the cover one, guys. What's on the menu for Daniel Jones this year from a play calling perspective? I think it's the same stuff that's just with Jones. There might So let's talk like, so what I'll say is this. Uh, like, I think that's going to be his biggest challenge is because he's not going to do those crazy impro- improvising stuff that Josh Allen does is it's going to be post snap figuring out when to hang in there. Like when to hang in there, and it's like, hey, you got to, you got to, you got to hang in tight, and you got to know when throw. to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. I know it's, you're joking, but it's true. And when to, <laughs> and when the time is to get to his checkdown. Like the rookie year was a mindset of always hanging in there for the most part, and they got rid of that totally. Um, he has to find the balance, and I don't know if that will happen because it's it's just it's not an easy ask, especially for a guy going to year four with really very little room for error like he has very little room for error to be the Giants QB in 2023 so um I mean at the end of the day it's I don't think he will you know and that's why I don't think he will be the quarterback in 2023 yeah like there's gonna be improvement there's gonna be times where it's like man this was a great Daniel Jones game but I just I, I think at the end of the day it's not gonna add up to enough you mentioned this earlier but just kind of like in passing but I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more um, I have some stats to, to to back this up too, but through the first month, maybe a little bit plus of the season, after the Saints game, there were national people that were talking about Daniel Jones' season and Daniel Jones' progression as a thrower of the football. And yep. the Giants at that point, the stat that I found to be most fascinating about the Giants is that at one point in the season, the Giants were top five in the National Football League in yards per drive, but they were still like bottom half, maybe even bottom quarter in the NFL in points per drive, which was just such a mind boggling, like how how are we living this reality? You know, and we all know the struggles that they had in the red zone as well last year too. But Daniel Jones was moving the ball last year. And, and, and an interesting thing that I that I looked at too, in quarters one through four, during Daniel Jones starts, I did the explosive play rate from quarters one through four. And I saw that the Giants had an explosive pass play rate. They were ranked 31st in the NFL. And then I did quarters one through three, because I think how you play the game in quarters one through three, especially for a losing team, is a lot more indicative of what you actually are trying to do as a football team. Because if you're losing the game in the fourth quarter, you're just throwing the ball. The Giants were ranked 19th in explosive pass play rate. In quarters one through three, they also had a much higher run rate in quarters one through three versus quarter four. They had a much higher pass rate. So Daniel Jones, like when he was good and when he was healthy, when he was around last year, and especially when Andrew Thomas was floating around there, too, it was the best that we've seen Daniel Jones from a QB play perspective, not from a production perspective, not from a wins loss perspective, from a QB play perspective. And the rest of the league was taking notice. Well, there's a few factors that go into that. Um, one, Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas made a big difference in Daniel Jones' play, and it gave Jason Garrett a little more confidence, and then all that confidence went away when Andrew Thomas went down. Um, like, the Saints' game plan was fine, you know, by Jason Garrett. And I think having receivers like Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony forced Jason Garrett to compromise a little bit instead of having guys like Sterling Shepard. Um, but, like, Jones had the eighth-best pressure to sack rate in the NFL last year. 
the eighth best. And that was a, and, and like after his rookie year, everyone said fumbles or this. I was like, no, his biggest issue is manipulating the pocket. That was a huge reason why he kind of, and again, QB play. I am separating, when I say that Daniel Jones looked good, I am separating quarterback play from production and like value and, you know, uh, wins, losses, touchdowns, et cetera. I'm separating those things. And Jones's biggest improvement last year was the fact that he was able to manipulate the pocket better with adequate left tackle play. Yes, when the left tackle is good, when his blind side was taken care of, because he still got a ton of pressure, you know, and that's what that stat is for, I know you know, Justin, but it's not that he had the the eighth best sack rate, it's that, uh, you know, using a ratio of pressure to sacks, yes. like he... He didn't turn pressure into sacks at the eighth best rate in the NFL. Yeah, but three of his four highest pressure, the like sack pressure to sack rates, which are our worst, were the uh, you know were the games Andrew Thomas missed and the eye test. Like that was something we said. Is Andrew Thomas is correlated to Daniel Jones' success more than anything else the first four games of the year, and him and Sterling Shepard had a really good connection. Uh, you know, like that that hid some of the blemishes of the offensive scheme. Uh, you know those those first three games because Shep went down in game three um and then Tony Tony becoming a little bit of a player help too so uh I think that was it but they still like you said weren't putting up a ton of oh they, they put up good amount of points the first four weeks not great but week one and week three not so much so uh but they but the but part of that was the red zone mindset of Jason Garrett you yeah. know it was the whole hey we just got in the red zone. Let's get another first down instead of like let's let's get to the the end zone, you know. And that was the difference. And and Daniel Jones needs to improve just in the red zone, anyways. But Pat Shermer's mindset was like, all right, we're down here. Let's throw the ball. Let's throw the ball into the into the end zone. Let's take some shots. And that's why we saw some of the a lot of his touchdowns weren't you know they weren't these two three yard dink and dunk touchdowns. They were pushing the ball downfield with some great ball placement, which is uh you know his greatest strengths are kind of two in the same one is one overall accuracy but it's that he throws a great deep ball a great deep ball yeah why do you think Wayne Gallman had so many like less than three yard touchdowns like three yard touchdowns in 2020 I mean it, that's that was the mentality of of Jason Garrett we're gonna get down inside the five yard line and then we're just gonna run the ball in I guess that was just the the mentality that they had can I Talk to you about Bear Burger for one final time for oh, our yeah. PPPs. Yeah, and then we'll, Bear Burger. we'll continue with some, I guess we'll talk some like projections. Daniel Jones running the ball. What? He gets hurt. Don't run the ball. Shut up. Bear Burger. They're, they're not going to tell you to shut up because they're going to welcome you with open arms because they got something for everyone. Their yes, burgers are going to shut you up when you're Bear, eating them. Well, I mean, Bear Burger, they won't tell you to shut up. You want to know what will shut you up when you put that burger in your mouth, when you put an elk burger, when you put an ostrich burger, a bison burger, have an update. I didn't get to try the ostrich burger. Just didn't happen. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of backdoor John Boy Media stuff happening. So, Bear Burger is sticking around. I'm going to try an ostrich burger by the next time that we do a Bear Burger ad read. I have to. I'm teasing everybody. I got to let you know how the ostrich burger is. Bear Burger, they have the best happy hour in New York City. 12 p.m., to 7 p.m., Monday to Friday, and there's a ton of locations in New York City. If you're a city worker, if you like to 
Go to the city, maybe hang out. If you get out of work early one day, go up to the city, check out Bear Burger, say Talking Giants sent you. They'll be like, okay, don't care. No, they actually love us. They love it. Tag them in social media. They love that too. Bear Bur- uh, Bar Bites at Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. They have two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini all for under $20, a bunch of cool deals. Click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint, and luncheon. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Like, literally, thanks so much. For sponsoring these PPPs kind of means the world. Yeah, uh, you know this training camp was uh, made possible by Bear Burger, so thank you very much, Bear Burger. All right, Justin. Um, I guess we could talk about running the ball. Like, let's, let's we could keep it simple. Like, you got to let Daniel Jones run. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't need to be running QB power or anything. Like, as much as even though I get more hyped up than anything when he runs over Grady Jarrett, you know, <laughs> let's you know let's. Let's let's get him in a mindset of protecting his body, and you can't tell him to slide when you're running QB power because then it's like, well, what do you want me to do? Uh, so run read option, you know, have some design stuff, but uh, just be just tell him, you know, tell him to be careful and be like, dude, like it's been four years in a row you've gotten injured going back to Duke. Be be more careful with your body because it's, if you get hurt, if you miss two games, you're done. They're gonna run that QB power, you know it. We saw it in camp. They're going to do it. Yeah, but just freaking be careful. Like, Just be careful, Daniel Jones. That's my only my, my ass. Just don't be don't be reckless with your body. And he, I know he has a mindset of like trying to prove everybody wrong. Um, and he's like trying to show his teammates. But he just you got you can't be reckless with your body, man. Like, that's not what we want from you. It's fun when it happens. I love clipping those. Like, you know, I even remember like his rookie season. Remember that third and 10 where he scrambles and just goes fucking head on with one of the Jets players and spins around and gets the first down. And it's just like, fire me right up. But it's like, that's dangerous. You know, and, and then, you know, the fourth and two where he hurt his ankle in his rookie year. It's like, dude just ran over Zadarius Smith. That's sick. But now guess what? You're not playing the next two games. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how sick is it? So. Just be more careful with your body. And, and you don't sick. don't make them run QB power. Makes you sick. Well, they're going to run the QB power. Get freaking ready for it. I think they're especially I, I think they're going to do it inside the red zone too. Based off of some stuff that we saw from training camp, that's what I have a feeling is coming. And I mean I mean that's a weapon and flat out I mean, Daniel Jones, we, we talked about some of the limitations he has to his game. Daniel Jones does have limitations to his game. He's not a top 10, top 5 quarterback. If you're not a top 10, top 5 quarterback in the National Football League, you got limitations to your game. Like, the just just kind of just kind of accept that. But Daniel Jones becomes an average-ish quarterback. And I'm even talking, like, production-wise. You know, when I was talking about, you know, you got to separate the yards, the touchdowns, and stuff like that. But just production-wise, he becomes an average quarterback when we're talking about him implementing his legs, he had a 20% explosive run rate in 2020. 20%. I felt like every time in 2020, he chose to tuck it and run, or he got that read option. It went for 10 plus yards, 20 plus yards. I mean, think back to the 80 plus yard run where he tripped and fell. 2021, it wasn't as much, but Daniel Jones running the ball as a quarterback is an extremely valuable weapon for the Giants, and Daniel Jones has been one of the best, most efficient rushing quarterbacks in the National Football League the last two years. Fastest ever QB run record in the NFL still is Daniel mm. Jones on that 80-yard run. Um, gosh, it's, doesn't that feel like ages ago at this point? <laughs> um, all right, so I, I want to finish off. We'll do the will he be the QB in 2023, but I just want to reiterate this point. The biggest challenge. This is going to. This is what's going to decide 
if Daniel Jones is the QB in 2023, can post-snap, when stuff is muddied, when there's pressure, can he figure out when to hang in there and when's the time to get to the checkdowns? And it's not, and there's going to be times where you got to hang in there and you're going to take a hit. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be a tight window, but you got to make that throw. And it's not going to be just getting to your checkdowns all the time. We're not looking for the most efficient, like, you know, perfect QB play. We need, we need big plays. And again, rookie year was a mindset of always hanging in there. And it was like, dude, I, I can't believe how like ballsy this guy is in the pocket to just take these hits and deliver them downfield. But you got to find the balance. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to have up and down Daniel Jones this year. I think there's going to be times where he looks awesome. And there's going to be times when he struggles. Um, so I, do, I don't think he'll be the QB in 2023. Even though it's, it's, you know, I was a Daniel Jones guy out of the draft and after 2019. And it's sad to be at this point, but I just don't think he will be. Yeah, there's obviously a, a chance. I uh, got a YouTube comment mentioning that they like when I use the word nuance, so I'm going to say it again. There's nuance to everything, right? You know, I, you can always say that I'm totally sure something is going to happen before the season, but then things play out. Things could play out just like you thought it would, but then you're in week 12, week 13 saying, oh, maybe we do need to bring Daniel Jones back just because there's no other option, right? So there's always uh, this. Win some games. You got to win games. Yeah. So so here's so I'm going to I'm going to reiterate what I said to start the show. I mean, score freaking points, win freaking games. Give me some big plays, which you talked about, but I'm going to say it a lot more simply and also stay healthy. I mean, Daniel Jones the last two years has gotten hurt at extremely inopportune times for the Giants. Anytime a starting quarterback gets hurt, it's inopportune, but especially for himself. 2020. Remember they have that Eagles game where they almost scored 30 points and Daniel Jones was perfect? Yeah, he was like literally perfect and they only scored 27 points. The Bengals, they have a solid win in Cincinnati coming off the bye, and the Giants' offense is kind of like clicking a little bit. A little bit. The run game is improving. That offense was starting to get there. Boom, he gets hurt, and he's not the same for the rest of the season. 2021, he has one healthy snap when Jason Garrett is not his offense coordinator. <laughs> Extremely, inop- like it's an inopportune time to to get hurt, and that's what Daniel Jones' entire career has been. 2019, rookie year, whatever. Eli Manning was cool to see him. But these last two years, extremely inopportune times to get hurt. Daniel Jones, is like he could do all these things. But if he's not playing 17 games for me, sorry. Like, I, any kind of investment that makes me go, heesh, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of simply comes down to one, can he look great? And then if he looks great, we're going to win some games. And like, I think that's what it comes down to is win yeah. games. There's you know, no more that's like eight or nine. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's, I know, like, I mocked the get, just make it happen. But they just for him on an expiring deal to be back, he's just got to make it happen. Yeah, you got to make it happen somehow. So, well, there's no more like, well, you have to look at this. Well, you have to look at the offensive line. Well, deal's expiring. There's no more. There's no more time to look at that, and that's what we did for the last couple years. And uh, you know, we tried. And rightfully so. Yes, but it's it's contracts expiring, new regime. Yes. So simple enough. Um. So we're rooting for you, Daniel yeah, Jones. Yeah, root for the guys I'm, in blue. I said I wasn't going to be stressed out. And I'm like, you know, preseason, I was living and dying with every time the ball came out of his hand. So I lied. I, th- I said I wouldn't be stressed about I, I want this guy to. I want this guy to be good. Yeah. Um. So, 
So we, you know, if this is the last Daniel Jones PPP uh, ever, it's going to be the last one. This 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 could be we could be doing a different QB for our PPPs next year. So Anthony Richardson, maybe. Dude, Tyrod Taylor. (laughs) Good God, please don't let it be a Tyrod Taylor one. All right. Well, thank you guys for sticking around for all these PPPs. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with uh, 53-man roster and waiver claim, uh, a podcast, mailbag, and then we're we're back in the season, man. That gets me all freaking giddy. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go Big Blue.